It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Scott Ritchie is back from uh, a little bit of time off. Bob Osmussen will join us on the telephone coming up, and we would welcome your phone calls if you'd like to join us. 356-9397 is the phone number. Matthew, how are you doing today? Doing well. Plenty to not much to talk about. Plenty to it? talk about <laughs> is we are in in the what fifth month of, I mean sports is back somewhat, uh, but really no, no normal t- no no normal sense of of sports at all, and uh, you know some interesting news revealed by the Department of uh, Intercollegiate Athletics over at the University of Illinois this afternoon that we can uh, dive into when it comes to COVID nineteen. We'll talk about that. They reported 1,200 tests and 23 positive results, 17 of which were football players. And uh, this comes after they said they were not going to report. I guess this is kind of a summer uh, recap. I I guess a summer recap they probably never wanted to have mentioned at all, but Scott Ritchie's been on on top of it. Welcome back from vacation, Scott, by the way. Although your vacation kind of ended on Saturday since Illinois basketball had to dominate the news cycle over the weekend. A few things to report. Um, Anyway, uh, I asked why they had suddenly changed course and decided to release that information. Uh, that's from Ken Brown, Sports Information Director. At midway through the summer, uh, along with Athletic Director Josh Whitman and the Sports Medicine Group thought it would be beneficial to release an aggregate number at the end of the summer. It was a way to show the protocols we were using worked without giving information that might identify any individuals who tested positive. So that's maybe you know something of an answer to why they changed course and released that information today. Bob Osmussen with us as well. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. How about you, Steve? Good. Your thoughts on uh, this news that came out uh, this afternoon? Well, I think with all this stuff, I understand the need for uh, being keeping things private. I get that completely. But I do, I do think there's some help in letting people know how they're doing. In terms of 17, to me, was a little bit of a high number. I don't know what you, what you guys think. Seems like high number to me. Other schools have reported more. Some have reported less. I think Iowa just reported five new cases. So I, I think I wish Illinois had been a little more forthcoming with this all along. I, I guess I get sort of why they're trying to keep it behind the scenes, but it doesn't really matter. I, I don't know. Well, the the, the, the thing is, is they're they're not releasing any of these schools, and even the professional sports teams, unless the players have said that they can identify mainly on the pro sports level. But no college players have really come out and said, "Yes, I've tested positive." None of these schools that have released numbers of positive tests have said player X is positive for COVID nineteen. Um, I think the more information you can have in a pandemic, a global health pandemic that we're all still trying to figure out. Uh, I think it's better. I mean, 
it's Me, good. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. good in the sense that they released some numbers today. Would we have liked to have known these numbers back in June? Yes. Um, but I guess you can look at it. The fact that they actually did release some numbers today and, uh, 17 players out of, you know, more than a hundred on, on a football team. That's almost 20%. It doesn't really bode well. And, and then you, you know, hear news today of what's going on in major league baseball with the St. Louis Cardinals. And they have seven players test positive, six staff members. That's 13. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a dicey situation for all involved and, um, I guess it's good that Illinois released the numbers, but I like you, Bob, I, I wish they would have been more forthcoming right from the get-go because it's not like we were going to ask or, or the public wanted to know, oh, this player tested positive. They just want to know numbers and, and test rates. And, yeah. you know, as health officials have said all along, the more information that's out there, the better as they try to grapple with this, you know, global pandemic. Guys, I'll, I'll say something. I, I So I've been through health hell, okay? So and I've been very open about it. I've talked to anybody and everybody about it. So I sort I, I maybe understand, maybe you're trying to keep things, some things behind the scenes. But I've always been the other way. I I guess I wish they would leave it more. I think they're telling players you need. They're telling them don't talk, right? Clearly, right? They they've got to be telling them don't talk, don't tell anybody. Well, why? Why don't we want to know if player A is positive? Wouldn't that be a helpful thing to know? I guess they may be worried about the stigma of that. I didn't worry about it, and I don't. And I guess it's catchy, so that maybe that's part of the deal. But I think it'd be beneficial to the CEO. I think the city would appreciate knowing, hey, I want to avoid the football players. I might want to avoid player XYZ. I guess I just don't get why we're trying to keep this behind the scenes when it's so such a big deal to know the information. So... I'm really puzzled. I uh, again, uh, being to my own, frankly, personally, because of my own stuff. If I get COVID, I'm gonna be. I've told Matt this and Scott this. I'm gonna be in trouble. Okay, I I know that. I've been told that. So it would be really kind of helpful to me to know. Hey, avoid X Y Z. I think that'd be kind of friendly to me, helpful to me. I'm praying those guys are wearing masks. I'll be wearing a mask when I'm around them, but it would be really kind of nice to know those things. So hopefully they get the idea that, hey, you can keep this stuff private to a point, but please be helpful to everybody around you. Well, once a sport is in season like baseball, we don't know who those players are for the Cardinals at this moment, but we'll have a pretty good idea once they start playing again, if they start playing again this weekend, because they're going to be out for a little while. The the key thing is if they start playing again and – uh, you know, they, they last played last Wednesday up in Minnesota against the Twins and had their series against the Brewers postponed this weekend and then rescheduled things and then had their their four-game series with the Tigers called off as well. And, yeah, you'll have a better idea once, you know, the players that did test positive aren't out there at all. But in terms of just the overall numbers, I think what other Big Ten schools like Iowa and, and Michigan, um, two off the top of my head, for instance, they've released weekly COVID-19 updates and say in, in terms of this is how many tests have been administered, this is how many people have tested positive. In the case of Illinois, they had 164 student-athletes return to campus, uh, 23 tested positive. They administered more than 1,200 tests, so that's why the positivity rate is less than 2% at 1.9, which is considered good. But again, just the more information you can have as we all try to figure out our world that we live in right now in this pandemic, to me, is is what you should should aim for and, and strive for. 
unconfirmed reports have the uh, the fact that the, some of the Cardinals allegedly went to a casino when they were in Minnesota, I believe, yeah. where that happened. Guys, poor decision-making. It is, and the three of us themselves. right here are Cardinal fans, but I'll tell you what, I'm one ticked-off Cardinal fan of that turns out to be true yeah i know i, I know john mosaic uh addressed the the st louis media uh, earlier this afternoon uh, a couple hours ago and i believe uh Derek gold their their beat reporter for the the st louis post dispatch asked him directly about rumors of the casino and i think mosaic re- responded to his knowledge that he did not know uh, about that at all but still even the fact that there are rumors out there suggests that there might be some truth to it so that's not a good look at all and he added that if it turned out to be true, he would be very he should be. disappointed. I had an idea well, to send send the Cardinals. Hang on, Bob, just a sec. Send the Cardinals to Miami to play the Marlins <laughs> in the – They just played 60 times? Yeah, to have them play the World Dumb Beep series. That'd be – yeah. That, I like it. That'd be something. I like well, I, I'm so disgusted. Well, look at the NBA. NBA is in a bubble, right? NHL in a bubble. They're not getting tests. They're not getting positive tests, right? Why? Because they're being smart about it. And I think that it, and the MLB has to put put down a hammer, right? I mean, guys that get that fail the test, or I mean, they, they need to be in trouble beyond the illness. They have to be fined. They have to be I punish the teams, fine them a zillion dollars. I I don't care. This should not happen. Guys should be avoiding things. They should be they should be locked in hotels and not go play a game. Go back to your hotel. Don't leave the room. I, I mean, for, really, really, for two months. And I, I'm disgusted by the fact that MLB has got this so wrong. I'm worried the NFL is going to do the same thing because if you don't keep the teams in one place, you're going to have a problem. Well, that, so, then that just leads, they, to, they leads to the question of what, what's going to happen with college sports. Well, I, again. Do you tell the players you can't? It, it, there's no – I mean, Major League Baseball, the model that you're using – is going to try to be replicated by college football, college basketball, sports that are going to have to travel and can't create their own bubble like the NBA and the NHL has done, which is why we've seen when they've released results of tests from those two leagues that there haven't been any positive tests because they've basically created their own city. We've got the phone lines open, 3569397. Neil has been hanging on for a little bit. Neil, go ahead. You're on the air with us. Yeah, Scott Ritchie, uh, Illinois hit a home run this weekend. They're, these lineup fans, if they play a season, need to appreciate this because this is going to be a great run and ride. And I remember 89 and 2005, this is going to be the same deal. Hopefully we can get it done this year, and I'm praying that they will. Um, I want to see what you have to say about it all. Well, I mean, the return of Iowa Sumo and Kofi Coburn has made Illinois at this point essentially a consensus top 10 team in the country. And that's where I, mean, I don't have to submit my preseason AP top 25 ballot for a few months. And you know, hope it's only fingers crossed that I will be doing so. Um, but I mean, I have Illinois uh, number five and Homer. Yeah. I saw a little <laughs> bit of that. So what's the, I mean, what's the difference between five and seven? I mean, it, but you know, they have, I mean, they're that talented of a team just based on, you know, players they have coming back um the players they have coming in uh so yeah you know if and hopefully when you know the college basketball season happens uh, it is looking for all intents and purposes to be a, a good one for illinois anything else neil 
That's it. Thanks for your time. You guys have a great day, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate you calling, Neil. Let's go to um, Eric, who is with us. Go ahead, Eric. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Uh, a couple questions for you. Uh, first, with baseball, what was the point of setting up these taxi squads if they're never going to use them when they've got players with, you know that can't play? I mean, I, I that blows my mind that they're, they're just sitting there with these guys and they don't use them. They don't plug them in. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I know. I think the the Cardinals, in in their case, are uh, having players uh, arrive wherever their next destination may be. I think next this they're upcoming Friday against the Cubs. Yeah. And uh, I know that all the players that uh, reportedly tested positive for the Cardinals in, in Milwaukee are either on the way home or have left or in the process of leaving by car. So that's another punishment too. If you test positive, you got to drive for six or seven hours uh, by yourself. But yeah, that's that's a good point, Eric. Yeah, you know, and and with uh, with football, um, you know, they give all these tests. Well, they haven't started rolling around the ground with themselves or anybody else. Right. So what the heck do those results mean by anything? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't, they're almost, they're almost meaningless at this point. You know, well, I mean, guys, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, I think football, the more I think about football, and I, you know, most, most of these positive tests, as I understand it, are like people being close contact to each other, but there it's all, you know, it's in a room, you know, you're talking to somebody, they have COVID, whatever. If you're outside and you've got a mask on, face mask on, i got to think the chances of passing that disease on is pretty limited. Now, as long as you're doing all the other things, washing your hands all the time, keeping things clean, i got to think that won't happen as much as people think will. I, I think, in fact, I think baseball, look at where the problem is baseball. The guys are going to the casino. Well, no kidding. Boy, they got a positive test there. But if you're outside playing baseball, probably not going to get it from playing baseball. You're going to get it from being in a casino, closed room, a lot of people, a lot of people you have no control over. So, and, you know, going to bars, restaurants, of course it's going to happen there. But I think being outside is not going to be nearly, nearly as bad as people think it, that part. Anything else, Eric? The last thing I wanted to say about the test was uh, they're testing so much that they're catching all these pretty, I would imagine, asymptomatic guys. Like, has there been – Hardly anyone. I know Freddie Freeman was sick. He actually had illness, but I don't think anybody hardly else has even gotten sick. Of the so uh, kind of of the cardinal you know, positive had, tests, uh, five of them I think had. Uh, I think the eight eight of thirteen were experiencing some symptoms. Mild. Yeah, f- whether it's yeah. low grade fevers, headaches, yeah. something like that. None required hospitalization. In the right. in the case of Illinois, in, in the release they sent out two hours ago, uh, they said. Of the 23 positive tests, 12 tested positive upon arrival to campus. The rest became positive through interaction between roommates or through community spread. And they said only four of the positive tests were remotely symptomatic. And in those cases, symptoms were minor and there are no hospitalizations. Take from that what you will. But if you look at the uh, Illinois numbers, it's 80%-ish asymptomatic, but they still have it. Mm-hmm. They can still give it to somebody else. That, and then they that can might still spread it. Once, just think when students return to campus here in what three, four weeks. Uh, I honestly don't know, but yeah, that sounds right. Uh, it's yeah, the, the numbers are are only going to increase when that happens. But if Illinois University as a whole tests as much as they say they will, in theory, they'll be able to you know, root out pockets of the virus and 
contain it. But well, it, and it's interesting too the day you know the announcement from Illinois came a couple hours ago, and then Northwestern uh, announced that one player tested positive, and they're pausing workouts. So this one this breaks the question too. Okay, what workouts has Illinois been able to do the past few weeks? That wasn't included in today's release at all. I know they've tweeted out some video today, some weight room weight stuff. room stuff, things like that. But okay, again this kind of speaks to the larger issue of college sports where there kind of needs to be a commissioner just one person who kind of makes up the rules like there is in the professional sports because each school is just kind of doing things on their own I mean I'm not I'm not saying Illinois didn't pause workouts we don't know that but Northwestern had one player test positive and they stopped workouts okay Eric all right guys take it easy yep appreciate the call let's get another call in here before our first break a regular Saturday caller is with us from Pinehurst, North Carolina. Hey, Marty. Morning, or I guess I got to say evening, don't I, Steve? You can say whatever you want. And, yeah, well, you don't want to go there. Well, you guys have a time delay on this, so I guess that'd be okay. We do, but nobody um, knows how it works. Yeah, so don't test this. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Couple, couple things. Uh, as to Eric's questions about the taxi squad, one of the one of the big problems they have, even though you've got a taxi squad and 60 guys in total, you still have to clear 40-man roster space. So if you want to pull somebody up to fill a spot, but he's not on the 40-man original roster, you might lose somebody because you have, you've got no place to reassign them, basically. And if you take them off the 40-man roster, they might be available to everyone else in baseball. So it creates some concerns. And as to Bob's comment about MLB and why they're not in a bubble, and I agree with him that MLB does some stupid things from time to time. The MLB Players Association vetoed the idea of even even playing at some spring training sites or, or having two or three major league sites and having teams there because they didn't want to be away from their families. So MLB didn't have a lot of choice but to go with what the Players Association wanted. Um, so that's one of the reasons why they did that, guys. Anyway, uh I do listen to this show occasionally in the evenings. Usually I catch it on podcast. But it, we've got a hurricane coming by here, and it's raining like the devil, so there's nothing to do outside tonight. You guys uh, <laughs> always have a great show, and I appreciate it. And Matt and Scott are great. Although, you know, Scott, i got to say one thing. Normally I agree with you on almost everything. really do. And I'm a former sports writer from my college days. But a, a couple weeks ago you got really irate with a guy – who insinuated that that sports writers, you know, might uh, have a political leaning in why they did things, and you got kind of irate at him. And I'd make the point you're probably right, but there's always a chance there's one sports writer in this country somewhere that would write things down on a political basis rather than that's what he really thought. So keep that in mind. There's always an outlier out there, Scott. There's always a weirdo. Okay, Marty, thanks. Go ahead, Scott. You didn't well, say there wasn't. You were talking about yourself. And he also said I was right, so <laughs> that's what I took from that comment. You were right. You were right. Well, I think the fact that, and I wasn't on the show a few weeks ago when that, that caller called in. I did listen to the, the podcast later, but uh, the, the fact that any sports writer or any person associated with the media business whose primary job is to cover sports is wishing that there wasn't sports happening is outright ludicrous. I mean, we've been going on almost five months of filling a sports section without really any live sports happening. 
and I've been incredibly proud of my staff and, and what they've been able to pull off during this, this very unusual time. And, you know, I, I think I speak for Scott and, and Bob and Colin like as our preps coordinator. I think we long for the days where, okay, there's an Illinois basketball game tonight. That's three-fourths of our sports section right we there. We don't know if we'll be able to go. But <laughs> exactly. That's true, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have coverage. We'll figure out a way to cover it somehow. We'll, we'll have coverage of, of that some, somehow, some way. It is 5.30, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, yours truly, Steve Kelly. We'll take a break. We'll keep the phone lines open. Plenty yet to talk about, so feel free to join us after this. It is 534. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Glad you're with us. We're here until 6. If you'd like to join us, Bob Osmussen is with us by phone. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, and Steve Kelly with you in the studio. Thanks to the folks who called in the early part. Again, we've got the phone lines open. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. A lot of news these days, despite not that many games to talk about, but we've been figuring out things to talk about. And Matt, I told you during the break, Friday night about 8.30 when the uh, <laughs> news uh, came out on uh, uh, from Io Desumu about uh, his decision. The first thing I thought about was, I wonder if Matt's going to be able to get this in the, <laughs> in the paper with your Friday night deadline. You managed to pull that off. Yeah, somehow, some way, miracles do happen. I was going to call you, but I uh, didn't want to bother <laughs> you there in, in your time. of. No, the, it was it was fine. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting uh, Friday night, obviously. Actually, uh, we were... Kind of uh, commiserating with one of our now former colleagues, George Dobrik, uh, copy editor here for a long time. Friday night was his last official night, so we were kind of all out out here in, in the back just kind of uh, reminiscing. And I came back in the office 8, 10, 8, 15 or so and was just working on putting together some Major League, bo- Major League Baseball box scores in the paper. I know it's a real glamorous life of a sports editor. And then not, not made the mistake, but checked Twitter saw Twitter, watched said video of Ayo Sumu, initially was confused because he never once did come out and say, I'm coming back. Although then I, then Scott Ritchie, who was on vacation, so thank you, Scott, he called me and I told him to uh, call Derek Burson, the, the team spokesperson, to confirm, in fact, that he was coming he back. He said year three. Year three. Yeah. So you would assume, but, yeah. you know, you know, when people assume things, you know what happens. Yeah. Well, sometimes. and the, the joke I made was, you know, he said he's coming back for year three, but he didn't say. Why. <laughs> <laughs> I will that. say though, too. I mean, just I mean, you never know, but yeah. the the production quality of that video was very. That was like Oscar worthy. It was very well done uh, from a visual standpoint. But yeah, scrambled together and put a story together. You just kind of get in those zones sometimes where you just start writing and you just have to put words on the paper. And luckily, through the efforts of Scott Ritchie and in, in the months leading up to Friday night, he'd talked to a variety of people so i was able to just kind of plug and place some quotes in there that had run in the paper but were timely for that uh manner since we weren't going to be able to one didn't know if we were going to be able to get anyone on friday night two we were working on such a tight deadline too and then kofi coburn had to announce on saturday afternoon so we had more time for that one so that was <laughs> that was good and then obviously scott followed up with uh io on on sunday i had a story up on the line hq sunday afternoon and then brad underwood talk today so we'll have plenty of uh coverage in tuesday's paper about that that'll go down as last week will go down if you count saturday and um that'll go down as one of the more newsworthy weeks around here in a while with the passing of lou henson mm-hmm. earlier in the week and then 
the Iowa decision and the, the, the high school stuff uh, that was sprinkled in there as well. Yeah, I know Saturday night by the time I put the paper to bed for uh, for the Sunday edition, I was I was ready to take a vacation again. <laughs> I'm fresh off of one a few weeks ago, so uh, I was just glad to see Scott Ritchie back here in the office this morning because uh, he's our he's our bell cow when it comes to Illinois men's basketball, and this will be a weekend that is going to have. Uh, long-term effects on the program and, and the fact to Kofi Coburn I think we kind of anticipated he was coming back but I would assume it was simply a stunner it was and if any of the Monday morning quarterbacks come up to you and say uh, I knew it all along that I was coming <laughs> back there they're, they're not being truthful with you because nobody did no and I don't, I don't even think I knew he was coming back right well, he, he, had, he, said, he yeah. had two versions of that video made <laughs> right. one including the can you I'm imagine if you would have posted the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> Twitter would have melted down. Well, let's uh, talk about, Scott, let's talk about what that means. And and immediately, people that put out preseason polls, and I'm sure you're included in that group too, uh, shot the Illini right into the top ten. And uh, that, that was kind of fun to watch too with CBS doing it and others as well. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, that mm-hmm. between, you know, getting back their best two players, obviously, and I would assume when Kofi Coburn, I mean, Illinois has – you know, veterans uh, and Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, you know, Georgie Pashanjvili will be, you know, a junior uh, as well. He's you know, got lots of experience. They have two sit-out transfers that are now eligible. They have a top 15 recruiting class coming in with, you know, two legitimately good guards and Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo. Uh, just, it's a talented roster, you know, mo- the most talented. Uh, Brad Underwood has had in his four seasons, the most talented at Illinois probably since you know, the national runner-up team in 2005. So you know, that they would be considered a top-10 team is just, I think, kind of how you have to look at it. And the Big Ten's going to have several in the top-10. Bob, I think you might agree with this. How about with Luca Garza coming back at Iowa, how about Illinois-Iowa play four times instead of twice? <laughs> how many ever times they can play? Because every time they tend to play, there'll be a great game. Yeah, that's obviously I was going to be tough. The Big Ten, as Scott says, is going to be really good. I think this 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 is like Darren Williams come back to Illinois. Obviously, I was not to his level yet, but I think it's like it's similar. Uh, if Darren Williams had come back for his last year at Illinois, which obviously he didn't consider because he was going to be the third pick draft, but this is a big deal. Uh, I'm trying to think of something similar. In my time here, really nothing comes to me. Simeon Rice could have gone to pro after his junior year at Illinois. Would have been a first-round draft pick, maybe top 20, maybe even top 10. But he would not have been what he ended up being. So I think that was not – I don't think there's anything that compares it to this. In terms of somebody coming back, it really shocked you. It might and have. Uh, I want to think I – what's that – I was going to say, Nick Anderson, had he came back, I think would uh, right, right, would exactly. be the big news there. But uh, you're oh. right. Uh, and you could argue that Io's first two years are as good as Darren's first two years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he came in with, with so much hype uh, as a freshman. And, uh, you know, the, the win-loss record didn't uh, live up to what a lot of people wanted. And, and I'm including Io to Sumu in that. Uh, regard as well and just the leap that he made his sophomore season and I don't know if I'm reading too much into the Twitter video I watched multiple times on Friday night but just the fact that he released it while he was burying jump shots which kind of became his signature 
uh, moment this past season with all the game winners that he had. Uh, he really just elevated his play to uh, kind of another level and uh, let's all hope that there is a basketball season. And if there is, and Illinois, I mean, Illinois is going to go into it with the most hype around the program since probably that 0405 team. And the fact that they've got so many guys back that it's just got the, all the makings for what could be a potentially historic, memorable season in Champaign. I think some of the um, fans out there talking national championship need to chill a little bit. Because I remember two uh, teams that in their respective seasons were the best team in the country that did not win the national championship. They were both Illinois teams. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they got to the Final Four, but uh, the NCAA tournament, Scott's a crapshoot anyway. Anything can happen there. But as far as preseason anticipation, not only here in Champaign-Urbana, but in East Lansing and Iowa City, the Big Ten's going to be fun. I just hope they play. Yeah, and, I mean, Michigan State got good and bad news. You You know, Aaron Henry's coming back, Xavier Tillman's not. But uh, you don't count out Tom Izzo ever. Um, then, I mean, with Luka Garza coming back in Iowa and Kofi, that's, you know, people are talking about those teams. But, I mean, Wisconsin's going to return. Wisconsin's going to essentially, Wisconsin. you know, yeah, its exactly. entire <laughs> roster. We'll underestimate them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, I mean, they were underestimated last season, which I was part of that because it made sense to, to think the way I did. But then they end up, you know, sharing the the Big Ten title, and they bring back everyone from that team. Uh, Rutgers will be good. Um, it's – the Big Ten could – was the best conference in the country last year and could potentially be even better new this year. 543, need to take a timeout. Monday Night Sports Talk, we'll do that. Be back with more after this. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie. We're feeling the closeness in the – Nice and toasty DWS master control. I feel like I'm getting a studio A. I feel like I'm getting a a spray tan or something with all the heat. That's <laughs> Get a little sauna. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be a little cooler the rest of the week. Scott Ritchie with us. Bob Osbuston on the phone. Brad Underwood uh, spoke this afternoon, mid afternoon, uh, Scott, about uh, Io Desumu's decision and Kofi Coburn's as well. What were some of the things that uh, Brad had to say? One thing that I, I noticed real quick before you answer that is that Io, in his comments, talked about how the coaching staff gave him basically total freedom, didn't bother him, just left him alone, and and it sounds like they did the same thing with Kofi as well. Yeah, and that's one of the things I asked Brad Underwood about was just why that's sort of the the path he's taken, and, and not just with you know, these two guys, I mean, that's sort of what he's done, you know, in his career when he's had potential, you know, draft prospects. And he said that, I mean, it's first and foremost, it's their decision and what's best for them and their family, not only now in the moment, but also, you know, in the future. So I, the coaching staff was getting a lot of the same information that the, the players were just because they mm-hmm. obviously have a lot of this, you know, those contacts. And, um, you know, Underwood said, you know, he was – there as a sounding board if they wanted to talk and you know left it uh, up to you know Iowa and Kofi to to reach out to talk about the draft but he wasn't gonna you know you know maybe you know think that he wasn't supportive of their whatever de- their decision was going to be so you know, he left it you know up to their you know decision and um obviously it ended up being a good one for Illinois on, on both counts but uh yeah he had he talked for an hour I think this afternoon which uh 
sort of been kind of been standard with the, the zooms that he's done, uh, which is you know, definitely appreciated. So I'll have lots of stories, Matt, over the you know this week. And you got to uh, chip in mightily on our Lou Henson special section that's coming out Thursday, Scott. So welcome back from vacation. Yeah, uh, it's just right back in the fire. But um, you know, lots of things to discuss. You know, you know that Io and Kofi are both coming back, and especially Io. There's plenty of depth at the guard position, and uh, you know you might need it. Yeah, and Brennan was said that you know, you know, looking at the NBA and you know the basketball tournament and how kind of how they have either already happened or are happening could be a case where you don't have all of your players at some point in the season, you know, because of the the coronavirus. So um, they've got you know a really deep backcourt that it could come handy. And if everyone stays healthy, you know, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all that, then you know, the playing time wills. This is kind of a fairly typical Underwood answer, but it'll sort itself out on the court. Um, he doesn't put any stock into you know, questions about starting lineups. I was going to be my next question to you, Scott, is I know Brad Underwood hates this, but you're a sports writer, and we love doing this. Who's your fifth starter? I think I can name the first four. Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, uh, DeMonte Williams, Trent Frazier. Yeah, um, likely will be a four-guard look. Because I'm going to go one. Adam Miller. For my fifth choice, that's one option. And Don't I sleep on uh, Andre uh, Curbelo either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I could see Curbelo filling that Andres Felice role where he came off the bench and led the second unit and got starters minutes essentially. But I think you know that fifth spot goes to a shooter, and it'll be Adam Miller or Austin Hutcherson. Bold prediction number two: Georgie Bishansbili wins Sixth Man of the Year in the Big Ten. Eh, I mean, I think he'll probably be better than he was this past season, but I mean, if I had to pick, like, if we were just picking Illinois players that could be six-man. No, I'm year. saying he's he's the he's going to be the six-man in the league. Maybe. Wow, that is bold. Yeah, why not? Well, I just just came to you. Well, I just hope there's basketball first <laughs> off. You know what? <laughs> I, I hope there's almost regular basketball. I hope it's not just conference. I, I obviously would – Settle for that. Well, yeah, and, and even listening to your wonderful show on, on Saturday morning, Steve, where you guys, you and Lauren did just a fantastic job paying tribute to, to the man of, of in the life of, of Lou Henson. But hearing Norm Stewart just talk about those matchups with Illinois just kind of brought back, you know, the thought of, oh, the bragging rights. And then, you know, I've, I wrote a story off of it in, in Sunday's paper. And I, as I'm writing it, I'm thinking, okay, it's usually held before Christmas. And I'm thinking – is it going to be held before Christmas this year? Is it actually going to happen at all? And uh, there's just so many unknowns. And, and with Illinois' non-conference schedule, the one they have set up so far, they haven't announced the whole schedule, obviously. But, you know, Arizona is supposed to come to Champaign. Who knows if that will happen. They're supposed to go down to Florida uh, right after Thanksgiving for a tournament to, and play Florida uh, down in the, what, what's that Emerald tournament? Coast Emerald Classic. Coast Classic. And then, what, Oregon or Iowa State or the other two possible yep. opponents. So, I mean – it's a good schedule. It's a good schedule. The best for schedule Illinois had in uh, who knows how It's long. a good schedule for a good team. I think the schedule they had two years ago when Iowa DeSumo was a freshman was a good schedule for a team that wasn't ready for that type of schedule. This team now is ready for this type of schedule. One of the guests we had Saturday was Dan Dockage. We were talking about that, and he kind of felt that what's the difference from December 1st to January 1st besides 30 days or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, why not start it in December and get uh, – four or five non-conference games in there yeah that'd be good um you know i don't know if we'll see the 
what's become a tradition in the Brad Underwood era of Illinois hosting a Division two or three school in Champaign right around Thanksgiving. So I, I think the games that they are able to have, hopefully this upcoming basketball season, if they do decide to play some non-conference games, uh, I think teams need to schedule wisely and not just get kind of cupcake wins on, on their resume at all. 5.52, time for our weekly update from Bob Osmussen on the probability of college football being played like in the fall. A, Bob is an optimistic guy. I feel like we need a sponsor for this. Now. We do, and we need some special music yeah, exactly. or something. Bob, well, pl- Bob, play your keyboard at home. <laughs> what do you think, Bob? Well, I, I'm going to go, again, I don't like some of the signs, obviously, but one positive test in Northwestern doesn't sound all that bad to me. Now, they're smart there, so maybe they're better able to control this thing, but I think I think we're gonna, they're going to play because they have to play. There's, there's so much riding on college football being played. I know we talk about basketball a lot, but we should, because basketball is a big deal here in the Big Ten. The Illinois is going to have a great team. But football, like it or not, not drives the bus. bus has to be moved. The bus is going to move. They're going to find a way to make it work. They're going to play. I think Big Ten will play 10 games. I'd like to see, I like to see those 10 games are for Illinois, but there'll be 10, five at home, five away, and we'll, I think they're going to play. I'll, I'll be stunned if they don't play at this point. I probably been in minority on that, but I think they're going to play. I'd like to think, yeah. Matt, that uh, this would be the week that we would see the schedule, I think or, we've the, been or the hopeful that schedule. Way for a few weeks now. <laughs> I know we're in August now. Yeah, I mean it, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around, but I mean this upcoming uh, Saturday or Sunday, August ninth, uh, will be in a month since the Big Ten unveiled that they're only going to play conference events this upcoming school year and. Still don't know the schedule, and uh, I know Kevin Warren sent a letter to athletic directors last Thursday and, and said they're having daily conversations in regards to the scheduling and things like that, but you'd have to think it's they're going to have to release it at some point. You've got the SEC and an ACC and Pac-12 uh, kind of with their models, and um, I don't know. I, my hope for a college football season, I hope it happens, but I'm – I'm not entirely sold on it right now. Need to squeeze in one more quick timeout. We'll be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS after this. A couple of minutes left here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Bob Osmussen, what are you working on for the News Gazette this week? Uh, a lot of Lou Henson stories like Scott, and uh, we'll be dealing with the football, and i got a column ready for a couple of days from now on uh, transfers at Illinois. Did uh, I'll let you answer first, Bob? Did you watch any of the uh, return of the NBA? Yes, I watched some. My son loves it, so we it's on the, at the house all the time. Yeah, I like it a lot. What about you guys, Matt? I've actually watched some of the the Rockets Bucks game last night. That was on ABC late. Uh, I thought it was really good basketball being played, and I have to give kudos to the NBA for kind of developing a model. It seems where they can carry on with a, a season and. The play on the court, I don't think, really has suffered all that much at all. And, uh, you know, they're kind of the, the gold standard, I'd say, for, for what sports should sports leagues and, and conferences should really try to uh, strive for. What about you, Scott? You watch it? You're a big NBA fan, aren't you? Yeah, well, just basketball yeah. in general. So I, I watched some NBA. I watched a little of the WNBA. I was disappointed that uh, Sabrina Ionescu got hurt, so she's out for a while. You know, New York Liberty guard. At least we're talking about athletes being hurt. Yeah, it's just it's better oh, than what we talked about in March, April, May, yeah. June. An ankle sprain. 
How novel of an idea. You got a special section coming out? Yeah, Thursday, Lou Henson, 20-page uh, tribute to uh, the all-time winningest coach in Illinois men's basketball history. Scott Richie will have a big role in that, so will Bob, and, and we'll have plenty of photos uh, documenting his life. Also Thursday night, 6 o'clock, 6 to 8, here on WDWS, a look back at Lou Henson's retirement, which was, what, 20-some years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ed Bond is working on uh, putting that show together. So. More coverage this week. We appreciate it. Bob, uh, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, this has been Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks, guys, on WDWS. Thanks, Steve. Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.